Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Sometimes it's cultural. When I was a missionary in Malaysia, the Chinese and, and much of a saving face, everything, drop face, give face, save face, keep face, lose face, everything was face. Um, and this they had inherited from the culture. And um, the problem is, it was so much a part of their cultures, like the color of their eyes. And this is why it's so difficult to change. We're going to get into this a little later uh, in the weeks. So, um, uh, why it's so hard to change uh, your thinking uh, is because you don't see it as sin. You don't see it as something that needs to be changed. Listen, if you want to change your life, change how you think. If you want to change your life, as a man thinketh in his heart, that's who he is. As a man thinks, that's who he's becoming. If you want to change your life, change how you think. And the problem is these attitudes. Well, I don't care if, if it's the way you talk, if it's foul language, um, uh, however it might, whatever it might be, these neurons, they spark, they connect, it becomes deeper, it becomes longer. That means two things. Anything that gets close to it, the longer you have this attitude, falls into it. In other words, if you've got a jealous spirit, you're not just jealous of one person. It may have started there. But over time, you're jealous it's like, like if you're bitter, you may, it may have started with one individual, and one, but pretty soon that's, that's who you are. And, and so it becomes deeper and wider, but it becomes longer. What I mean by longer, now it's more difficult to find your way back out of it. That's why, uh, you know, there's no fool like an old fool. Why is that? The, old, the longer you're a fool, the harder it is to be wise. And so, and so uh, we, we've kind of covered some of this. Um, uh, and so what happens is, uh, is uh, now uh, you're, if you're not careful, uh, you now have your experiences uh, has formed who you are and you've given meaning explanation to these. Your whole family. You know, I've, I've pastored here a long time. And it's interesting. I can pastor a grandmother, a mother, the granddaughter. And it's like they passed on a lot more than the color of their hair. They cast, they, they, they pass down attitude. They pass down how you respond to life. Uh, how you speak, uh, 
I've been counseling couples and I'm counseling their children's marriage and I'm sitting there listening to them. It's like an old black and white rerun. I, the parents 25 years ago were sitting in front of me and I think, wow, that, that, that sounds familiar. And so, and so what happens is, um, is uh, uh, you begin, what did that mean? They said that. What did they mean by that? Why did they say that? And how you interpret that becomes personal and it becomes this this, this, uh, uh, electronic uh, uh, habit, this this groove, uh, this becomes longer, deeper, wider, and now that's who you are. This has to do with all that, how you view money, how you view other people. Do you view them with respect? Can you forgive? Probably one of the major, major curses of this generation is uh, 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 people that can't seem to forgive and move on with life. Uh, they become uh, very uh, bitter. And so, um, so most of us come out of sin, um, and, and here's the issue. Your past now dictates your presence. In other words... Um, uh, let me let me make a few statements and I'll op- open up. So, let me. Your mind becomes what you feed it. I gave you one of the quotes. Your mind has an appetite. So let's think. Let's think for a moment here. Uh, as I said, you'll never see a racist baby. How does a person become a doctor? I mean, did they just one day, uh, uh, they're 28 years old. Uh, in India, this happened a few times, and they wrote out a diploma and just bought some tools and, and opened up an office, and it was a disaster. <laughs> that happened in Africa, too. I, I, but but how, if you're going to be a real doctor, how did you become a doctor? It says, as a man thinketh, so is he. How, yes, I'm sorry, I, your name? Jason. Okay, Jason. By study. Okay. And, and what's studying? Focusing on your goal. Okay. So what's so let's let's think about that. So, say, uh, go ahead, Fred, Jack. You want to add to that? Go ahead. A doctor choosing a doctor. A doctor's hard. A doctor's serious. A doctor's going to take determination. It's it's going to be, it's heavy. It's serious study. It's it's. It, it's applying yourself, it's discipline, there's all kind of things that you can add to that. But it's his determination to become a doctor. It's okay, a so, so we're talking about determination, we're talking about some serious study. What, uh, Jack, what did you have to say? Okay, Ricardo, you had your hand up. Very interesting, my daughter, she's only 10, but about a year ago she said, Daddy, I want to be a doctor. So growing up, that's what I wanted to do also. But, of course, I fell out of school. But uh, I guess it starts in the heart. And I don't know how it is that she has the same desires as I do also. So, Okay, but a lot of people have a desire. A lot of people desire to be in the NBA. You know, but uh, few there be that find it. Okay, go ahead. And, and I understand there is desire. But I'm – so let's say, let's say you're eight years old um, – and, and the thought hit, you want to be a doctor. Or you're 12 years old, you want to be a doctor. 
We're, we're talking about as a man thinketh in his heart, so will he become. Caleb um, is getting pretty close. He's got, uh, you know, two years left, and he'll be a doctor. And uh, it started for him in high school when he made a decision that, you know, this is what he wanted to do. Okay, how did he make a decision? He looked at his aptitude, what he was interested in, uh, what he does well at, and what would be a good plan for his future. Okay, and then what did he do? He made a decision, then what did he do? He started taking classes even in high school that would get him into the right college, into the right classes in college, building a foundation, um, earning credits and stuff. And all of that took what? Thinking. Thinking. And so even now, he's even when he's out in break in between semesters, he's he, he made the comment he's just constantly thinking about chemistry and, and physiology and the, and the body, and he works, got a job in the hospital. So his whole mind and his whole life is pretty much focused on it. Okay, it doesn't matter if it's a mechanic or what it is, if it's a secretary, what it is in life. You, you have a thought or a desire. Uh, you're inspired, whatever. You, you saw someone, a policeman, you saw a policeman one day, or, or whatever it might be in life. Preacher, you want to be a preacher? And so uh, w- what happens is it's a thought, and then you begin to develop. You begin to think. Then you have to study. You have to apply yourself. There's classes. And, and as parents, uh, uh, many times the, the encouragement of the parents a mom and dad get involved. Grandparents get involved. Sometimes money is involved. There's a lot of things involved. And all of this, uh, it's words, it's thought, um, it's processing, um, uh, it's thinking about your future. Um, in other words, um, uh, you're, you're, you want to be a doctor. And so uh, uh, it's how you think. So the Islamic world, these kids that go blow themselves, you know, parents strap dynamite on them because they look innocent. Uh, and uh, how, how does that, you know, I, I, I pastored in a Muslim nation, Malaysia. And so, uh, again, that's thinking. They indoctrinated the children. And, and, uh, and a generation that, um, and we won't go into all the detail. And so here's the thing. When you get saved... Romans 12, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, uh, When you get saved, uh, uh, everything got saved but your mind. Some of you immediately got delivered. Drugs, you know, different things happened. Your your language even and... and, and, uh, uh, some 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 attitudes, no doubt. But but your mind has to be transformed. And and so I need someone to get for me Matthew twenty three twenty five through twenty eight. Who'll get that? Matthew twenty three. Fred, if you get that. And so salvation is powerful. It's incredible to be born again, to be forgiven, the sin roll away. The guilt, the shame, it's being born again, the miracle. But the problem is, I pastor people, they can be saved 10 years, and yet when it comes to how they think, they still think like before they got saved. Because they did not, they have not renewed their mind. They've not had a mind transformation. So read for me Matthew 23, 25 to 28. 
Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of exhaustion and excess. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that ye which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like unto whited scepters, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and all of uncleanliness. Okay, it's easier to clean the outside than the inside. That's what he's saying. Uh, you can get saved. Uh, you can put on a suit and tie. Come. You can lift your hands. You can, you know, I got a, I got rid of the drugs, the alcohol. Never touched it again. Uh, eventually sold my bike. Things. Uh, made decisions to go to church uh, uh, and gave myself. Uh, but inside, the ex. He said, "You can polish, clean up. You look a lot better." But the difficulties on the inside, and this is true of the mind. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he becoming. So let me, let me, let me, uh, if you want to, what you have to do, you have to begin to think what you want to be and where you're going, not where you've been. When I was a sinner, uh, Connie and I would get uh, in some kind of conflict. No problem. I'd go party for days. That's how I dealt with it. Or we'd create a crisis so we could we'd, we'd, uh, uh, light it up so that would give us, I'm out of here. And so... Your brain, your mind is going to be transformed by what you feed it. You can't eat the same old mental diet and have a new mind. Okay, understanding Gates is very critical. In Bible days, he who controlled the gates controlled the city. I've, I've seen the castles, you know, in Scotland and various places, Europe. It's very interesting. Where the gate is, they would have this built-in-the-wall overhang where they could dump hot coals on you or boiling water. They could shoot down at you. Uh, the gate many times would recess back in the wall. Uh, and so they, they, would, they would have the advantage. This was the strategic place. He who controlled the gate controlled the city. He who controls the gates of the mind control the mind. What are the gates? What are the gates to your mind? Jason. Okay, eyes, ears, touch, smell, taste, but eyes and ears mainly. This is the gate to your mind. You will become what you listen to. You will become what you watch. It's inescapable. If you want to change how you think, 
Many of you, you have to change what you listen to and what you see. He who controls the gates has dominion and authority. Matthew 16, 18. Uh, Who will get that for me? Matthew. Adam, would you get that? Matthew 16, 18. Uh, Luke, or, or Genesis 19, 1. Who will get that? Anyone? Jason. Uh, Genesis 22, 17. Um, Eli. Uh, Ruth 4, 1 and verse 9 and 10. Raymond. Uh, Nehemiah 1, 3. Nehemiah 1, 3. Who will get that? Anyone else? Uh, Ralph, if you'll get that. And so uh, this is just kind of a breakdown. Also, Nehemiah uh, 2, 17 as well. Nehemiah 1, 3 and Nehemiah 2, 17. Okay, if we could have Matthew 16, 18. Just read it up here if you can. Uh, uh, technology is supposed to help yeah, you. Yeah, technology. It's slowing yeah. me down. I, 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 <laughs> this, this needs to be the technology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, say, I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against What does that mean? The gates of hell or Hades. What does that mean? I've actually stood where Jesus spoke those words. Okay. Why do you call it gates? Jeff? They always said, you know, the elders and the leaders sat in the gates. Yeah, yeah, that's true. We're going we're gonna to get to that. And so the gate was the place of authority. It was the place of dominion. Uh, if we could control the doors, we can control in here. That's true of your house. Uh, women used to be called, uh, she's a housekeeper. We don't hear that much anymore. They used to have home ec when I was in school to teach women how to be wives and mothers. But, you know, with the liberal insanity today, you know, if, you're, if you raise children and uh, raise them to be godly and give your life, then you're just in the women's liberal movement, you're, you know, which is the dumber, dumber than dirt. And so uh, what, what is a housekeeper? Well, what's Keith? One that guarded the house while the husband was away, uh, she guarded the house, protected the house. How did she do that? What, what, praying, what do you mean, guard the house? Uh, praying by making sure that no sin entered the camp. Okay, uh, she was a gatekeeper. She was a housekeeper. She uh, guarded the door, and she would not allow certain things to come in. Other things she would allow in. This is the problem with parents, with where your kids are on the internet and you, you don't have a clue or they want to lock their door this is my room well uh, go get your own room get a job and pay rent then and feed yourself then you can then it can be your room but but they they have a they guarded the house one of the great problems in America today is because all this truth is lost they've cast God out of the school government and uh, unending. And so she was a keeper. It's the same thought. Uh, she had dominion. She had authority. I'm reading the life story of Reinhard Bonnke. 
Uh, I may show some videos. It's just staggering. He's an old man. He's older than me. I met him in Malaysia, did a crusade there, and I was able to assist and stuff. But, you know, he's had uh, uh, over a million converted in a crusade in Africa. Some of the pictures are just staggering. But he was a little boy. He was German. And his mother said, I'll hide you. What it meant, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear your hideout. Didn't mean what you thought. Secure. And, and, and uh, one time he was just looking at a poster of a circus. And because there was some trapeze ladies there, and he wanted to go, and she was Pentecostal. She was holiness. His dad was a Pentecostal preacher. And she took him home just beat the fire. How dare you? Some of you, you know, you want to take your kids to the circus because you think it's clean. I wonder how far we've fallen. We've fallen so far, I wonder sometimes. <laughs> but she was, and look at him. I mean, he, when he was 11 years old, filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, spoke in tongues. Uh, like eight or nine years old, had a vision for Africa. And he said, and he attributes a lot of this to his mother. Uh, she put things in me and, and taught me. But she, that's a gatekeeper. Genesis 19.1. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. Okay, uh, this was a place be like the city council, the authorities of the city set in the gate. Genesis 22.17. Blessing, I will bless you, and multiply, and I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Okay, what, what does that mean? Your descendants are going to possess the gates of their enemies. What, what does that mean, anybody? What does that mean to you? Yes. That they're going to control them? Yeah, yeah, you're going to have dominion over them. And so your mind, remember, you have gates. You have to guard these gates. See, the, the, the sin is, one of the great, you've heard me, the curse of my generation is pornography. I mean, the ungodliness of, of pornography is beyond description. And, 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 and what it is, is just because I look and don't do, then it's not that bad. There's people think, well, just because I listen to this, well, well, I'm not. But see, that's the deception. Remember, we, we studied uh, last week, a couple weeks ago, the, uh, the devil, how did he get Eve? He beguiled me. He deceived me. And I did eat. He got in her head with words. How? By speaking and looking. She looked at the tree. It was desirable. He said, you'll be like God. It'll make you wise. He lies. And so you have to, under, if you're going to change who you are, you're going to have to change your mind. If you're going to change your mind, you have to guard your ears and your eyes. You have to change many times what you listen to, who you listen to, what you see, what you watch. Okay, you're going to possess the gates of your enemies. You're, you're going to go in and take dominion of those. And as you control the gate, you control the area. Same with it. in Bible days, if you had the well, desert land. If you if you had the well, you had the entire country. That that well, that well gave you dominion. That's why Abraham. Remember, I they redug the wells. 
Okay, uh, Ruth 4, 1 and verse 9 and 10. Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there, and behold, the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, Come aside, friend. Sit down here. So he came aside and sat down. Verse 10 and 11. Moreover, Ruth, the Moabitess, the widow of Malon, I have acquired as my wife to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance, that the name of the dead may, be, may not be cut off from among the brethren and from his position at the gate. You are a witness this day. And all the people who were at the gate and the elders said, We are witness. The Lord make the woman who is coming to your house like Rachel and Leah, the two who built the house of Israel, and may, your, and may you prosper in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem. Okay, all this happening at the gate. Uh, you know the story, Boaz, he wants to take Ruth, and Boaz, he wants her as his wife. Uh, he has to go to the next of kindred. The guy said, I, I can't afford her, I can't pay. And he took off his shoe as like a covenant. Uh, and, and that all happened. But the gate, what we're talking about, the gate was a place of authority where business was transacted, where people's lives were changed, uh, uh, where uh, it was a place of marriage. It's like, it's like uh, the wedding vows that people speak right here and et cetera. Uh, Nehemiah 1.3 and 2.17. And they said to me, the survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem is also broken down and its gates are burned And its with fire. gates are burned with fire. Go ahead. Then I said to them, you see the distress? 217. 217. Isn't it? Isn't that what I gave you? 217. Yeah, okay. Okay, right. Uh, then they said to them, you see the distress that we're in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. How much time do we have? Ten minutes? Okay, so, so here, let's think about your mind. You have gates. If these gates, he said, they're burned with fire. They're not. So what happened to the people? They're distressed. They're depressed. Uh, they have no dignity. They have no future. Everything that comes along just comes in and takes whatever it wants. Defenseless. This is what happens if you have no gates. If you don't defend your mind... Everything that everything the the fiery darts of the wicked one, everything people say, the media, the trash, the abuse, everything just comes in, and pretty soon you're distressed, you're discouraged, you have no dignity, have no life, have no death. Everything just comes and takes from you, whatever it can. This is what happens to some uh, some young females. Uh, they, they have no gate. Uh, they have no father. The first boy that comes along uh, tells them how beautiful, loves them, uh, seduces them. Then it's the next boy and the next boy and the next boy and the next boy. And then they're just used uh, and used and used and used and used. This is uh, true of the streets. It's true of the media. It's true of life. Listen to me. You have to take dominion right here. If you listen to a rebel, you'll be a rebel. If you listen to someone who's carnal, you'll become carnal. 
If you listen to someone and their idol is sex, drugs, and rock and roll, you listen to that. If you listen to someone, they're, they're, they're always depressed. They're always, uh, life is terrible. There's no hope. It's useless. It's over. It's finished. If you listen to someone that's filled with self-pity, words are spirit and life. And so you have to guard these gates. You have to guard them. I, I can't just look at anything. I can't just listen to anything. And that'll change your mind. If there's any pure, if there's anything godly, if there's anything kind, if there's anything, if there's love, if the, think on these things. And so what happens, we come into the kingdom of God. Our mind has been programmed many times by sin, by our past experiences, by people we ran with, people we associate. This is why when you get saved, you I can't go back down to some club and hang out and live for God. Can't do it. I got saved, these biker friends, I'll never forget. I stood that morning and, and they're all going, and, and I still have them. I said, I'm not going with you. Oh, I'm going to sell my bike. And something snapped in the spirit world. <coughs> you don't do that. You know, I'm the cool saved. Hey, yeah. Well, you get saved, you know, you want to be cool saved, it's like this. Enter his gates with praise and thanksgiving. Somewhere, that image, that lifestyle, that way of thinking has to fall. Or you'll fall. You will not make it. Or at the best, you'll be carnal. Come out from among them. Be separate. Avoid the very appearance of evil. Clean. Jesus said, we scrub the outside, but inside's like dead men's bones. And so... To change your mind, you have to change what you feed it. You will become what you listen to and watch. You have to start feeding your mind where you're going, not where you've been. So here, here's these, these habits, these attitudes. That, that are that are they're grooved and and they're in us and the more we do it the more we think that way the more we act that way the more deeper longer and wider it becomes and if you're not careful years will pass if you want to change your world change you Change how you think. You want to change your marriage, change how you think. How do you view the kingdom? How, what do you think about eternity, heaven or, or hell? What do you think about prayer, the Bible, witnessing, faithfulness, serving God? See, how, how, do you, how do you think? Do, I mean, where do you go for, for, 
I preached sermon some weeks ago, success. What is success to you? Listen, the bottom line of success is the will of God. You want to be successful, do the will of God. Success is not uh, letters by your name, your checkbook, what you drive. That's what the world says. Well, look at them. My Lord. Success is the will of God. That's what he, he, he said. He was greatest among you as servant of all. How many really believe it? If you want to gain your life, lose it. You want to live, die. Someone slaps your face, turn the other cheek. They ask you to go a mile, go two. They come up and ask for your tie. Give me your shirt too, Fred, and your trousers as well, and shoes. Husband, love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself. Wife, submit yourself to your own husband as if he was God. As unto the Lord, that's what it says. Respect, kindness, words. How do you think? How much time we? Two minutes. Okay. Any any powerful input, Robert? My mind. I'm having a I'm having a. Okay. Yeah, George. It was a cross between George and Ricardo. That's what we do, isn't it? We always make excuses. <laughs> um, one thing is, um, like, I, pretty much my whole life, I, I never really trusted God. I never, I knew what the Bible said. Why not? Um, I, I don't know. I just, I had never learned, I, I, I never learned to walk by faith. I never, I, I, I you know, uh, put my faith in the things I could see, touch, the things that I could do. Um, and when I, when I got saved, I mean, just even in the last couple of years, it was um, like with money and stuff. I always, I never trusted God with with my money. I never trusted God that. Why not? Because there's I, people sitting here, they don't trust God either. I don't, that's why I, they don't tithe. They think they think if they tithe, they'll lose. Well, and that's, or if they give, they'll be taken advantage of. That's which, how I felt. For a why long, did you feel that way, George? Because I'd been treated that way by people. Um, I'd never been in a, you know, I, I wasn't, defend, you know, I always had to defend myself and, and take care of myself. And so I had that mentality growing up and even as an adult. And when it came to tithing, I knew it was the right thing, but I always looked at the physical and I thought, well, if I give, how am I supposed to make it, you know? And I would give when it was convenient, when I had the extra money. And then when I didn't, I would stop giving. And just in the last couple years, I remember the first time that I had stepped out in faith, and it was actually based on a men's discipleship that you had did. I was like, I had just started tithing, and I was going to rob God that because of a, a situation that was going on that was out of, that was beyond my control. And I remember s- struggling with this until I came and I heard, you know, you you were preaching on weapon, you were preaching about the weapons formed against you, and I just it was like it opened the, my eyes. And I thought, well, you know what? I've got. I'm going to make a decision, 
and I remember giving anyway and not having food. I mean, just, and God provided where there was no means for me yeah. to even fix this. Yeah. And God provided, and it was just so amazing to me. It gave me a reference point. And then, you know, the next time something happened, like I, a bad situation, I wasn't getting paid, and it was like, and I had a choice to make. Am I going to rob God, or am I going to take care of my need? And when I, when, I, when I did what was right, and I gave on top of it, God not only paid off all this money I had borrowed over a two-month period for medical bills, you know, I gave all I had. I even gave my gas money for the following week. God gave me gas for the whole net. Like, my gas gauge stayed at a half a tank the whole week. And, and not only that, but I got all this overtime that paid off the money. Um, and it's like my wife just lost her job. And it, but it was like every time, I ha- it's like it's, it's a struggle because my mind keeps wanting to go back to that old thinking. But yet I, I have these reference points now, and I have to choose. And I say, yeah. you know, and I come to God with my needs now because I, now I, I think back and I go, wow, God, you met my need here. You met it here. When, when things were out of my hand, like even just like a week ago, two weeks ago, um, we had a situation that I couldn't do nothing about. And I remember praying and asking God, said, God, I have this need. Can you help me, Lord? I, I, you know, you've, you've shown yourself to be my provider, so I'm coming to you. And before I even got home, my wife didn't even know about the need. I hadn't even told her about it. When I got home, God had already met the need. Yeah. It was financial. And it was like, and I tell her, Bert, I prayed about this coming home today. And I know you didn't know. And she's like, that's funny. Somebody called and they, they want to do this and that for us. And I'm like, it was just, it's amazing. So every time, it's like now where, where the, the path used to be deep in unbelief, the path's getting deeper and deeper in my faith for God. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you can never outgive God. Uh, he's not a man. He won't lie. You tithe and give, he'll open heaven's windows. You can't build a house big enough. He'll rebuke, curse, and devour. Your vine will not fail to bear fruit. And that, that's here. That's here. I went, you've heard me, I went full-time in the ministry on $25 a week. Lived in an attic. No other income. And God, and that's a reference point, just like George. That's a reference point. Those are reference points that God is faithful. He's faithful to a thousand. Let every man be a liar. God speak the truth. And what got even trouble, she didn't believe God. She believed what she saw and what she heard from Satan. That outweighed what God said and it, and it cursed her. And so listen, listen, listen to me. Now, and I, I've got to close. But, but how do you think? Do you guard your mind? What you listen to, what you watch. That's, it's why you can't pump your mind full of this uh, trashy music. Whores and beating, rape and violence. And... You, and, and or, or you're cheating hard if you're a country and western. I don't know what you are. But you can't fill your mind with that without it affecting you. You can't watch things. Well, I'm just watching. No. Something's happening up here. We're going to get into the whole, uh, I read this book, Shallows. And uh, like I said, I've been reading so many books on the, on the mind. I think I'm crazy. But uh, uh, it's so amazing how the internet world is changing 
how people think. I, I, I'll close. It, famous poet many years ago. I don't have all the info in front of me. I read this. Famous poet. He is, is, is poetry. And he was going blind. And so he, his, they're all his career, his gift, everything. And this guy, though, had, uh, I think it was a Jew, created this typewriter, first one ever. And, and the keys had Braille. Where, where they, they, the Braille whole thing, but the keys, he could tell what letter it was. They'd put these, these indentations so he could feel the letters. So he was able to continue to write. But all of his friends said that those beautiful poems and li- now it's become so brittle. It's become it's like the machine has taken over the gift. I'll leave that with you. Praise the Lord. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.